Today is a special Sunday. It is Baptism Sunday, and it is cold outside. It was only 15 degrees here this morning, but I want to tell you, this water is warm. It feels like bath water for those of you that are going to be baptized this morning. Don't worry about getting cold because it's warm. After you get out, that's another story. But uh, welcome home to Voice of Praise. We're glad that you're here. If you're here for the first time, or maybe it's been a really long time since you've been here, you hopefully were given a Connect card. If you'd fill that out for us and turn it in, we're not going to harass you. We're not going to mail and ask you for money or anything like that. We're not going to put you on a call list, sell your information, but we would like to get to know you just a little bit better. And uh, if you didn't get a Connect card, see Mr. Scott back at the back of the sanctuary, and uh, he will take care of getting one in your hand. This morning, I want us to real quickly go to the book of Acts, chapter uh, chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, and I'm going to be brief as I can this morning. And somebody said, Amen. Charlie's here. Charlie, say Amen. Say Amen, Charlie. Amen. Yeah. Charlie tells me when I preach too long. No, he don't really. Everyone. But, but one thing I love about Charlie Howard is Char- Charlie Howard, you know what's on his mind. Sometimes it's nothing. But you know what's on his mind, you know. He's a great friend. Acts chapter 8, verses 32 through 38. Now, the passage of Scripture, and this is speaking of Philip. Philip has encountered a a eunuch, if you would, and a king's servant. And uh, you'd have to read the forthcoming scriptures leading up to verse 32 to get the full emphasis of that. And I, I don't have time to share that this morning, but I urge you to go back and read it. Now, the passage of Scripture which he, the eunuch, was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to slaughter and like a lamb that is silent before its shear. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his justice was taken away. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. What uh, the eunuch was reading there was the prophetic uh, words are the prophetic message of Jesus Christ, of the coming of Christ. The, the eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me of whom does the prophet say this? Because he was reading from Isaiah. He said, the eunuch is saying, who is, who is the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, the scripture there in Isaiah, he preached Jesus to this eunuch. He preached Jesus to them. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water. He had apparently got the message. He said, Look, water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he ordered that the chariot stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he, Philip, baptized him. And I want to preach to you with the thought in mind that baptism is more than just a suggestion. The word baptizo actually means to to immerse. Now, uh, some of you are aware of my background. Others are not here this morning. It's good to see so many new faces in the room. 
but as a young man, I was uh, I was born, one might say, into the Episcopal Church, the church where my mother's side of the family went to. It's still there, and and I I, I was there for a ministerial meeting a number of years back, and and they had a new rector. That's what they call their pastor. And I was talking to him, and I said, you know, hey, you know, I I, I grew up. Uh, to a degree, as a young child in this church, I used to be in the junior choir and, and everything like that. And I said, can, can can I go upstairs and look around? He said, sure you can, but he said, I'll just tell you one thing that you'll find out. I said, what's that? He said, nothing's changed. And I went upstairs in that Episcopal church, and there in that Episcopal church was a marble basin. Uh, I think it may be hexagon shape, but it was a, a marble basin that stands right there up on the, the vestibule area or the, the platform of the, of the Episcopal church. And, and, and there I realized that was the spot that I, I don't remember it, but I had been told about and I've actually somewhere, I've got that little bitty, uh, uh, hand knitted white suit and cap that I wore and I was there christened as a baby. The rector, the, the the preacher, if you would, of the Episcopal Church, held me up, held me over that basin of water, and no doubt he reached down in that water and he took his hand and he sprinkled water over my little head. Now I want to tell you what that done for me. It made me a wet baby. That's what it did. It made me a wet baby. And, and there's nothing wrong with the ritual, nothing wrong with the routine. But I want you to understand what I am saying is this. That did not seal my redemption. That did not secure my salvation for any means. You know, we do uh, we do our method of, we call it baby dedication, and we need to do one of those services really soon. But the, real, the, but the, the point is that baptism, meaning the full immersion in water, it's not the principle. I've, I've baptized people and when they haven't been able to go out to the creek or go to a baptistry. And, and I've done things, and, and I've got a friend of mine that's a chaplain, he just takes and puts people that are bed and he'll take a pitcher of water and just pour it over them because they want to be baptized. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not suggesting that. But to this morning, for the sake of this service, we're talking about baptizo or the immersion in water. The meaning of baptism is reflected in, 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 in the methodology of the church, if you would. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, Paul teaches this to the church at Rome. He said, we are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. Baptism, what Paul is saying there in, in very layman's terms is we are baptized because being put to death, we are being put to a watery grave and Raise forth into a newness of life. And that is the symbolic meaning, meaning uh, that's reflected in keeping the ordinance of baptism. There are three points of water baptism that I would like to share with you this morning. And these three points, if you would, you can jot them down. Or I'll give them to you later. But... Three major points that are accomplished in water baptism. The submersion in water. I've already established that it represents 
symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it also reflects our death, burial, and resurrection in Him. The three points that occur in that death, burial, and resurrection are these. First point, it is a public demonstration of our commitment to Jesus made through faith. Now, when when I first came to know Jesus, when I first, we call it being saved, when I first got saved, I had no clue what I was doing. I was a, I was that Episcopalian boy. The only thing I had known is singing in the junior choir with my little choir robe on and, and, and all that stuff and marching out on East, on Palm Sunday holding my little palm and singing Onward Christian Soldiers. I didn't remember being sprinkled as a baby that made me a wet baby. I don't remember any of that stuff, but, but I did, but I did realize it was church and rightfully so. But then later in years, I, I began to go to church with an aunt and uncle. They began to take me to an Assemblies of God church. And there in that Assemblies of God church, I viewed a, this was back in the days of films when they had the big reel to reel projector sitting there. And, and you know, and then you had your really sanctified old timers that said, bless God, they're turning the church into a movie theater now. But I remember watching a movie on the road to Auburn getting at Austinsville Assembly of God Church. And I just knew that I didn't want to go to hell. I just knew that I didn't want to be left behind for Armageddon. And I went up to an altar and I pleaded and I cried and I cried and I pleaded and I did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. And somebody was patting me on the back on one side and saying, hold on. Somebody was patting me on the back on the other side and saying, let go. And I was getting spit all over and all those things that we do, you know, in the altar service. But I really wish somebody had opened their Bible to Romans chapter 10. Because when I read Romans chapter 10, I find there that we are saved not because of what we feel. We are saved, I am saved, not because of anything that I have done, for my good deeds are as filthy rags fit to be thrown in the fire and burned. I find in Romans chapter 10 that I am saved because of what I believe. Not only because of what I believe, but because I profess Jesus as Lord. So the first point of water baptism is a public demonstration of our commitment to Jesus that's made through faith. What we call being saved. Secondly, it portrays our conversion. It portrays our conversion in the sense that, that we're put to death, if you would, in a watery grave and way, and put in the newness of life. Now I want to tell you something. This shouldn't scare you. The thoughts of that shouldn't scare you that you're being buried and raised again shouldn't scare any of us as, as believers in Jesus Christ. Because I want to tell you, when I was baptized, I've been baptized two or three times, once in the river of Jordan over in Israel, but the first time I was ever baptized, sort of the sprinkling, was in the the new river over in Austinsville and it was muddy 
and it was water was up and, and it, it was it was you know it was water was all stinky to be honest with you about it. But that's where I was baptized and I was nervous. Okay, I was scared because I, I, I've, 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 I have achieved I achieved the height that I have. I achieved it within twelve years. Believe it or not. Twelve years. I was, I was a giant in the fifth grade. Okay? And the people baptizing me took me out in water that was up to here. I was totally frightened to death. No, not to death. Because I was still here. But the reality of it was, I was scared. Okay? But you know what? I know there is another burial that will probably come my way. Unless Jesus comes and splits the clouds of glories and the rapture of the church takes place, someday I will die. And I will be buried unless Sarah does what I I told her to double bag me and put me in the dumpster, you know. But but she, she says she's not going to do that. But regardless of what happens to me, wherever this body ends up at, it's not going to stay there. You see, baptism is a reflection of that. So don't be, don't be, don't get the willies about, if you would, that you're put to death and you're raised to life because it is a portrait of our conversion. It is a means of testifying because in Romans chapter 10, it's not only there that we're saved because we have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, but it also, Paul wrote, that we have confessed Him as Lord with our mouth. Now, Sarah and I had this conversation last night, maybe this morning. We were talking about sometimes, and I'm guilty myself, okay? Sometimes we'll lose, we use, loosely use the name. We'll say, Lord Jesus. Or we'll say, dear God. Or we'll say, but, but you know, really, to be frank with you, we probably shouldn't do that. Because, especially Lord, because when we say Jesus is Lord, we are saying that He is ruler and reigns over my life. When Jesus, he, when, when, when we say that He is Lord, we're saying He is in charge of my life. He doesn't, you know, I don't become a puppet and He doesn't robotically control me, but when He is Lord of my life, He has authority over my life. My life is His. That's what Lord means. Paul wrote to that church at Rome and he said, you don't only believe in your heart, but you confess with your mouth. He doesn't even say there that you confess your sins. He says you confess Jesus Christ as Lord over your life. He is in control. So it portrays conversion. Luke 9 and 26 says this, who is ashamed of me before man? He said, I will be ashamed of them before my father. Let me tell you something. We have the candidates we have here this morning to be baptized in water. They're some of the bravest people that you will meet today. Not not because that they're they have a fear of water. Some of them could have a fear of water, but no, it's not because of that at all. Some of it's not because I'm so short that I can't. I might lose control of them down in the tank and leave them there. No, 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 no. It's not. No, I've I've not lost anybody yet. I've got some people to help me. But it's a fear over proclaiming that Jesus is Lord of my life. 
It's a public profession of faith for everybody in this room to see. Everybody that's watching by live stream now to see. It's, it's a profession of faith for your family to go and tell the rest of the family about that they saw it. Somebody will be taking pictures. Somebody may even take a video uh, or so or two here today. But it is all about a, a testimony of a profession of faith. So firstly, it's a public demonstration of our commitment to Jesus. Secondly, it portrays our conversion. We have been put to death and raised to life. It means it's a testifying of our faith. And lastly, the third thing is, water baptism is a command from God that Jesus gave us. There's two ordinances that are typically observed in the evangelical church, and that's water baptism and communion. When we read the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 19, we read what Jesus said. Jesus said, therefore, go. Here we go, Alicia. You got, Alicia leads our life group and Alicia messes with my message every Sunday morning. Okay. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. And all nations means any kind of people that you can meet in the world. Anybody that you can meet. Make the, it doesn't say make Christians of them. It says make disciples of them. Students of the gospel. Students of Christ. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So you see, water baptism's more than just a ritual. Water baptism is more than just something that, you know, to satisfy somebody else's convictions over our life when they tell us, you need to be baptized, you need to be baptized. No, no, no. Water baptism is following the instruction of Jesus Christ. And if you haven't been baptized, I usually don't do this, but if you haven't been baptized, you may have a cold ride home. But if you didn't let me know that you want to be baptized and you want to be baptized, well, you know, we'll still, if you, if you have a profession of faith this morning, we'll still baptize you. You'll go home with wet clothes on and you might freeze outside, but we'll still baptize you. That'll be okay. It'll be okay. Because it's all about what Jesus said to do. So I said all that to say this. Baptism is more than just a suggestion. Baptism is more than just a suggestion. Baptism is a testimony. Baptism is a display of your faith. Baptism is, it, it, it doesn't save us, but yet it shows forth that we have died away to the old and give way to the new. Baptism is keeping in obedience to Christ's command, His Word, 
Go forth, make disciples of all nations, and baptize them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So today, today right here in Bluewell, we are going to baptize some candidates in keeping with God's Word. And I know you're here to help celebrate that. Let me tell you, of all the accomplishments in the world, Sarah and I had a relative, we had, we had Sarah's niece came in yesterday and she's accomplished so much in life. She's a, she is a, she is a doctor and she is a, she is not only a doctor, but she is a, uh, uh, she is a pediatric plastic surgeon. She works for one of the finest hospitals in the world. She's accomplished so much in life and her mom and dad are so proud of her and you know what we're proud of her too but do you know this there is nothing more to be said there's nothing that we can be more proud of to know that our sons our daughters our husbands our wives our moms our dads have have made a decision to follow Jesus and their hands are their their names are written in the lamb's book of life Your son could be a ditch digger the rest of his life. But if he knows Jesus, that's something to be thankful for. Your daughter could could work in a sewing factory the rest of her life. But if she knows Jesus, that's something to be thankful for. You see, because the most important thing that we can accomplish in this world is to know that we have a relationship With Jesus Christ. There's a. I don't don't remember it. Was it discovery card? There's one of those credit cards. You know we're constantly. That says don't leave home without it. American Express. Okay. John used to work for the credit bureau. He knows all that stuff. American Express. Don't leave home without it. Somebody says. Somebody said. Do I need Jesus to get to heaven? Let me tell you this. You need Jesus to get to Walmart. You need Jesus to get to Cracker Barrel. You need, you need Jesus to get, to get over to Sam's to buy some of that cheap Virginia gas. It's not so cheap. And certainly you need Jesus to get to heaven. Because if you were able to get there any other way, you would be considered a thief or a robber, according to scripture. I just want you to bow your heads for just a minute. And with the heads bowed, and, and I'll ask that you close your eyes for a second in this room. Is there anybody in this room today that says, Pastor, I've not been saved. I've never known the Lord. Or perhaps you're want somebody that has walked with the Lord, but you've drifted far away from the shore. You've lost anchor. If that, If either of those illustrate you this morning and you know you need to make it back home i won't embarrass you i promise i won't come get you and i'm not gonna call you out but if you're here this morning you've never been saved or you've never or you've drifted far away from a shore would you just slip up your hand and say pray for me pastor real quickly nobody looking around is there a person in this room today is there one person in this room thank you are there any others in this room Is there another person? 
This is what I want us to do right now, right where you're sitting. I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody in the room, you've been, you might have been saved for 70 years, but I still ask you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I pray the scripture to you this morning. I pray Romans chapter 10. I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God. Born of a virgin. Lived faultless and blameless. But you were beaten and you were crucified for my sin. For my transgression. I admit I'm guilty. And I recognize you weren't. But you took it in my place. So today Lord. I accept you. As my Lord and my Savior. You paid. The penalty for my sin. You absorbed my judgment. And today, I choose to trust you and have faith that because of you, my sins are forgiven. Forgive me my sins, O Lord. And I ask you to make me strong that you will be Lord of my life. I want you to be in charge. I want you to direct my paths. I want you to show me the way. I can't do it without you. I've already tried. But I need you, Jesus. So save me. And I confess you as Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Now today. If you prayed that prayer in sincerity. According to scripture. You're saved. Now you walk in repentance. What's repentance mean preacher? Well repentance just simply means. A hundred and eighty degree turning. Three sixty is a full circle. One eighty is her. So if you were walking this way, you turn around and you walk that way. But the way that you turn, the direction that you take is in the direction of the Lord, Jesus. Remember, He's Lord of your life. And work towards becoming that disciple that Jesus wants you to be. I believe if you prayed Romans chapter 10 in sincerity, to speak it in the King James lingo wording, if you would, Jesus was, would say, from henceforth, come and follow me. That's what being a disciple is. I'm going to ask those that are candidates for baptism. Some of them are in children's church. I'm going to ask Miss Sarah 
to go over to the fellowship hall. Some are in Children's Church. There, may, there are some here in the room. And we're going to ask you to go and uh, and prepare yourself for water baptism. Sarah, I've given the order.